I've been praying, promising you a new intro. It will come. And so, praise the Lord. Um, it's going to be good. You're going to like our theme song that we have at our church. And uh, praise the Lord. I met somebody else yesterday that said, I see you on that Facebook, on that thing you do. I thought that was funny, that thing I do. And uh, I don't know if they were talking about uh, the sermons or um, coffee break or both. And uh, you know every morning I bring you coffee break Monday through Friday on Facebook Live. And then, of course, on... Uh, and as we get going better, we're still growing in this. A lot of churches just jumped into things and we like to do things well. And um, eventually we're going to really build our YouTube channel. And uh, um, I've been enjoying YouTube. We cut the cord um, few weeks ago and uh, we've been using YouTube and it, um, for the money I'm saving and the little inconvenience of uh, not having a channel I can just go ahead and turn on channel one two three um, it's well been well worth it and uh, um, we've been enjoying it and you should have saw how good the bison looked last night on uh, Fox Sports 1. I did not stay, I, I went to sleep at halftime. Um, but boy, everything popped. And I'm watching on YouTube. Everything popped. And uh, it, was, it was really, um, they never looked so good. Um, WDAY needs to do something with their cameras. And uh, because down there in Arizona in the desert, it was just, the colors were just vibrant. But um, we're going to build our YouTube channel. And um, it's kind of fun because I have so much variety now to get to things. The only thing I'm having a hard time with, and so I'm letting Lorray do it, is um, programming the things we're going to tape to watch. And so I just let her set that up. And we found, I don't know for you, to, on Friendly, it's easier to do it on the computer. I don't know how it is. No. So you still have to go through. And so... Um, and uh, uh, but I saw that she got everything set up for the week, so I thought that was kind of cool. So um, that used to be my job, and so um, but she loves all that technical stuff. So anyway, th this is new life. I'm Pastor David Kufal, and you're going, what in the world did I tune into? A commercial for YouTube? No, not really. I'm just saying that uh, um, with everything being so expensive, I just couldn't afford. Uh, what I was doing for having TV in the house. And so I looked for an alternative. And I went with YouTube. I know who owns YouTube. But it was better than going Hulu and with who owns them until they change um, their direction. Um, I have a hard time throwing money their way. Even though I do, we all end up throwing money their way because they own er almost everything on television anyway. And so it's kind of hard to, when they think that they, you know, they're invincible. Well, nobody's invincible, right? Nobody's invincible. So um, we've got to, they, they'll come to an awareness that parents are getting fed up with things that are being thrown at our children. And we need to stand up for our kids. And that's why, that's, uh, and our kids are too important um, to let them be indoctrinated in things that we know are harmful for them. 
and so we just don't want that. Anyway, New Life is located at 1021 South Center Street. There you go. Oh, you probably, if I don't get somebody calling me from Georgia, where in Georgia are you? We're not in Georgia. We are here in Wapaton, North Dakota. 1021 South Center Street, Wapaton, North Dakota. I, I had that. I had a bunch of people said, boy, you're too far for me to go to church there. During the pandemic, they, they wanted to come to church with us. And so um, I just haven't figured out how to fold the map so that they can just get here. And so um, praise the Lord. I'm going to preach about this topic. I have decided. I have decided. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and 14 through 7, 1. And I just have to see how this, I know it looks really good on your TV screens, but I have to see how it, oh, it's not too bad. Um, no, you're too far ahead, Eve. Go back. Go back to the title page. I haven't gone there yet. Go back one. There you go, right there, Eve. Don't get ahead of me. If you get ahead of me, it's not going to make me f preach faster because I don't look at that. Okay? Just don't, don't go ahead of me because I'm going to read some stuff here and then we'll go to the other slides. Okay? So, praise the Lord. Where am I today? I know where I'm at. I'm, in, I'm at 2, 1021 South Center Street in Wapiton, right? Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 6, starting in verse 14. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? What accord has Christ with Belial? Or what portion does a believer share with the unbeliever? What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God, as God said. I will make my dwelling among them, and I will walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Therefore, go out from, out from their midst, and be separated from them, says the Lord, and touch no unclean thing. Then I will welcome you, and I will be a father to you, and, I, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. Since we have these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of the body and spirit, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you and praise you for your word this morning that we find here. And I thank you, Lord, for your anointing to preach this message. I also ask you that you would anoint our ears and our hearts and our minds to receive it, Lord. Lord, the, big, the greatest thing for, that could happen today is that we hear directly from you. Lord, we need you. And Lord, we want to live with, for you. We want to be that temple that you have called us to be. Help us, Lord, to walk in your way, in the truth of your light, in holiness, Lord, that our sanctification becomes more real every day, that, Lord, others would see you in us, and they would come to know you, Jesus. We thank you and we praise you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, at one time, and this has been in my lifetime, I... At one time, a preacher could say, don't do that. And people wouldn't do it. 
Now it takes some convincing, if that. <laughs> Within that mindset, we're going to talk about what we're going to talk about this morning. Boy, it takes a lot of convincing, doesn't it? Uh, Tymee was telling me that some stories a while back about friends of hers that she's been trying to convince about Jesus, and they look at her like she's got two heads. But she's not going to quit because she doesn't want to see him in hell. She wants to see him in heaven with her. Because it takes more convincing today to get people to understand there is a place called hell and it's real. And there's a place called heaven and not everybody goes there. We got this idea that everybody dies just goes to heaven. doesn't matter how they live. If they believed in Jesus or not. I'm sorry to tell you folks out there in Facebook checkers, get your Bible out, check it from... According to the Bible, not what your opinion is. And you'll find out that only those who believe in Jesus Christ will get to go to heaven. Jesus even said this, the saddest words in the Bible is, I didn't know you. <laughs> who are you? These people came and said, but Jesus, I did this in your name, and I did that in, my name, in your name. And he says, I never knew you. That's sad. That is really sad. And unfortunately, we got a a lot of people today thinking they're going to get to go to heaven. But they've never done anything with Jesus. And it's our job to help them with that. But, but let's talk about some, some real things here. Do you make decisions? Ooh, I'm going to meddle. I, I might even step on some toes today. That's okay. Just say praise the Lord anyhow and we'll, we'll, we'll stay friends. Okay, because I love you anyway. All right? This is coming from a pastor's heart. This is coming from a loving heart. This is not coming from somebody who wants to beat you over their head with their Bible. We've had too many people like that. My word. But I, I, if I, I would be not doing my job if I didn't challenge you. So here's my first question of the day. Do you make decisions with eternity in view? Hmm. I'm talking to myself, too. Do you make decisions with eternity in view? Let's look here again. Verse 14. Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Belial? Whoever that is, we'll find out. I'll let you know, and then you'll say, ooh. Or what portion does a believer share with an unbeliever? Let us first consider the first question Paul has there, or the first statement Paul makes. Do not be unequally yoked. And we always said, Christian, don't date a non-Christian. That's being unequally yoked. Don't marry a non-Christian. That's being unequally yoked. Missionary dating is not a good idea. Because usually they affect you instead of you affecting them. So, Corey, knock it off. <laughs> I shouldn't have done that. Uh, she doesn't do that anyway. She wouldn't dream of it. My word. She, she tries to help people not to be unequally yoked all the time. And, um, and the nice thing is, even though she might look like she's going to slap them up there by the side of the head, she never does. 
and uh, um, at least that I know of. <laughs> and, and so, and so it says. But here's the thing: a lot of Christians are unequally yoked, and it's not the person they're dating or they marry. They are unequally yoked because they are hanging out with the culture and letting the culture affect them instead of them being countercultural, affecting the culture. My dad went into business with a wonderful guy. He, he helped him with studying for his architectural license. He, they were partners. And my dad got saved, and then he was looking at this, and his partner wasn't a believer. And my father bothered him because the Bible said he shouldn't be unequally yoked. And their partner, he was completely in full partnership with him. And he prayed for him all the time that he would get saved. Well, they changed the way their partnership was done after he found that. Because my dad wanted to be under the blessings of God. Not just to be, he didn't want to just be a success. He wanted to be a success in God's eyes. But too many people are yoked with this with the world. They, they, too much, and, and here's, here is the, here is the proof of it. Why is Marxist ideas being preached from the pulpit today? When you hear somebody, and not all of them, but when you hear somebody use the term social justice, that's a buzzword. Did you know that? Social justice is what turned some Latin American countries communist because they brought it into the church. No, the church believes in justice, but it should be God's justice, not man's justice. God's justice will get you to forgive somebody. Man's justice will just wants you to take it out on somebody. You, you, you get the idea? And what's being talked about is social justice isn't justice at all. Why are the criminals running the streets killing people? Why are they burning down houses? And they, can, they, they, go, they go, they get arrested, they go to the court, and the judge just lets them go free. So they can do more of it. That's not social justice. That's not justice at all. Why should, the, why should the person doing the deed have more rights than the victim? That doesn't make any sense to me. But the church should be standing up not for this so-called social justice, but for God's justice. God's justice will change a heart so they're no longer a racist. Come on. Uh, uh, did you see what happened this week? That, that, that silly Ron DeSantis from Florida. Folks, he's the front runner to be president in the United States, if you don't know that. He is the front runner. If Trump doesn't run, he is the front runner. And if Mr. Biden runs, Ron DeSantis will be the next president of the United States. That's well, just how it is. Hmm. Probably Mr. Trump will be the, the nominee, but right now, Ron DeSantis is even in some at some points have been beating Mr. Trump. That's why they're going after him with ridiculous things they're saying about him. And he just goes, <laughs> it's not true. He knows it's not true about him. And instead of getting mad and tweeting about it, he just goes, <laughs> come on, I know it's not true. Come on. And, and, and he, went on, he went on TV yes, the other day, and he says, 
you know what? Those people are calling me this stuff. Their hypocrisy is showing. Why? He sent the 50 people to Martha's Vineyard. You know what I discovered? Systemic racism is not the problem of the United States. Facebook, stay with me. Don't, don't just get on me and put that little flag there. Systemic racism is not a problem of the United States. Systemic racism, it's the problem of the elites of the United States. Why? Because Martha Stewart Vineyard, even though Mr. Obama lives there, they go ahead and they put up all these signs about how welcoming they are to all people, follow the science, all these things. But as soon as those 50 brown people showed up on their island, oh my word, you know the news media, most of the news media hasn't been covering what's happening at the border, all the fentanyl coming in and people being killed by fentanyl. 3,000, oh, more people have died since in the last two years from fentanyl that died in the Afghan-Iraq war. Um, is somebody trying to kill Americans? And, and we know where the fentanyl's being made and shipped to Mexico to come across our border. We won't get into that. Facebook, why don't you look into that? 50 brown people showed up there and they had a meltdown. What? Now, if they were 50 people from Ukraine, they probably would have been having a parade. Um, Ukrainians are all white and blonde-haired, most of them. Some have brown hair, but a lot. But the most of the Ukrainian girls I knew all were blondes with blue eyes. It's true. The ones you see on TV now have brown. They're, they're just like us. Anyway, but these people with brown skin showed up. And you know what they did the next day? The governor of Massachusetts sent the National Guard to Martha Stewart. Martha Vineyard, I mean. Martha Stewart. <laughs> they went after her, too, you know. <laughs> I don't think she's a racist. I mean, she hangs out with Snoop Dogg. Anyway, <laughs> Snoop Dogg with all his problems. You know, the brilliant guy, but lots of problems. Anyway, <laughs> he sent the National Guard to Mar Martha's Vineyard to take these brown people off the island and they took them to a military base. Wait a second. I don't think the systemic racism is a problem with America. I think systemic racism is the problem of our elites. You see, I didn't mention any party, Facebook, because I, I believe that most Democrats aren't racist. And I know that most Republicans aren't racist. Are there racists in each group? Sure. Right? And we shun them. You know, we shun them. Racist, bad, get away from us. We, we're supposed to love every people. No matter the color of their skin. Doesn't matter if they have red hair. I love my church. I've always had a redhead in the church somewhere. <laughs> Let's think about the next two questions. For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness? Uh-oh. No, this, the screen hasn't changed yet. What, what, what partnership 
because that's what the rest of verse 14 says, with lawlessness, or what fellowship has light with darkness? You know the light of Jesus expels darkness? Did you know that? So if Jesus is shining in us, won't it expel the darkness away? Why do we embrace such? That's why a Christian should be careful of the music they listen to. Right? There's some good music out there, but you know what? Since the schools don't teach about beauty anymore, have you noticed the music has gotten uglier? All genre? One time our kids were taught about beautiful music and what made it beautiful and what true beauty was. And it's not some influencer on, my word, there's some beautiful women out there and good-looking guys out there being influencers. But when you start listening to them and what comes out of their mouth, they're not beautiful or good-looking at all because of the ugliness coming out of their hearts. Of course, I told you before, do what Dora told us, just keep scrolling, just keep scrolling. Then finally, Paul asked the question, what accord has Christ with Belial? Who in the world is that? Well, if you lived during Paul's time and you were Greek or Hebrew or Jewish, you would know exactly what he was saying. This is another name for Satan. So what he's asking here is what accord has Christ with Satan? Uh-oh. <clears throat> now he's going to meddle. Because Paul drives the point home after he asks these questions. Or what portion does a believer share with an unbeliever? Mm. I got a child right now who <laughs> I just got to love. Because of the choices they've made and you try to talk to them about the choice and they get all defensive so all I can do is love I know some of you parents at home and grandparents you face the same thing it's because of the choices they didn't think of eternity within their choice and now, <clears throat> because of the influence in their life, they've made poor choices. Now, after considering all of this that we just talked about, how does that change how you feel about some of the choices that you've made? I, I, I think about that. See, I, I'm, not, I'm not here. This is just a, a shepherd shepherding the flock because he cares about you. See, at one time I could say, don't do that, and you, but now I have to convince you why. Because you know it's not healthy for you. 
it won't let you be close to God. Especially unforgiveness. Just forgive. My word, I had a, I had a talk to a child last night about forgiveness. Why let for unforgiveness be part of your life? It causes bitterness, and bitterness causes you to have a, a, a messed up stomach. It could even cause you to have a stroke. Come on. We are the temple of the living God, Paul says here in 2 Corinthians 6, 16 through 18. He says in verse 16, What agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God, as God said. Let's stop there for a minute, and then we'll deal with the rest. After you were saved, when Christ came into your heart, you became the temple of the Holy Spirit. Did you not know that? Hmm. And if you're the temple of the Holy Spirit and Jesus dwells in your heart, shouldn't that make us think before we do something? But because we're humans, we don't. We make excuses. Right? Right? Aren't we glad for the grace of God? Aren't you glad he loves us instead of zaps us? But yet he convicts us by the Holy Spirit because we're supposed to be living for him. How can we mix that being the temple of God with the falsehood of the culture we live in? We need to make the choice and live for God. Oh, now I'm going to get myself in trouble. I remember a few years ago that the Supreme Court changed, changed the definition of marriage. And I was shocked how many people in my congregation were celebrating that on Facebook without realizing what they were doing. And then I had to spend months preaching how bad the agenda was that brought that to be. And all of a sudden, the light bulb went on. I had one person in the church say, but pastor, we got to be tolerant. I says, well, yeah, they're right. We need to be tolerant. But if our tolerant, but if we don't tell people the truth in love, will our tolerance send people to hell? How is that loving someone? I mean, we don't need to take a newsie to everybody that we disagree with. We can be tolerant that they have long... Let me put it this way. We can be long-suffering about their sin in their lives because God was long-suffering with us with the sin in our lives so we come to know Jesus Christ. We can be long-suffering, but we do not have to embrace their lifestyle. Hey, Facebook, I think I did it without getting myself in trouble. And so I had to preach how ridiculous and how far out... The, that they wanted to take things. And all of a sudden the light bulbs went in and I saw everybody change their, they went ahead and changed to a biblical worldview instead of the cultural worldview we have right now. Isn't that amazing? Because we wanted to live the Bible, not the world. See, that, that will, once we find out what the Bible has to say, that will change how we view things and how we make our decisions. And that's why I'm talking to you about it. Just so you could... 
And here's one, before I move on to this, 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 let me see if I got this part done here, and then I'll do that. Yeah, 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 I can do that. <laughs> Paul said to, Paul says elsewhere, he says, all things are lawful to me because I'm saved. I got God's grace, I'm saved, all things are lawful. I'm not talking about where it breaks sin. I'm talking about lawful. I can eat, I can eat whatever I want, I can, you know, all that. He says, however, if I go and I just go to the marketplace and people see me buying from that one butcher and I'm going to consume that food and it causes them to sin, well, then I'm causing them to sin. And because I'm causing them to sin, now that food that I'm eating is causing me to sin. So just because it's all lawful to me doesn't mean I should do it. You could be completely innocent. What Paul is saying, you can be completely innocent in what you are doing, but if it looks bad, if the optics are bad, if it's bringing shame to Christ, then don't do it. Right? See, I, I'm not the judge and jury as your pastor. That's Jesus' job. You're going to have to stand before him and answer. You don't have to stand before me and answer. All, my job is to point you in the right direction and be your shepherd. My job is to keep you from getting eaten by a wolf. Or a lion. Or worse, a bear. Lions, tigers, and bears, oh my. And hell, you know I've been looking for some good sheepdogs. Hale might not be able to run and play like he used to, and he might be an old sheepdog, but my word, he always has everybody's best in mind. Then he says, as God said. Let's see what God says. This is a... I will make my dwelling among them. He's talking about you. All of you who are saved. I will make a dwelling among them and walk among them. I'll be their God. And they shall be my people. Oh, isn't that cool? Don't you like that? This is God talking to you. Therefore... He says to us, go out from their midst and be separate from them, says the Lord, and touch no unclean thing. Then I will welcome you. See, we live amongst a culture and people who are unclean. We're supposed to affect them, not the other way around. Hmm. Let's give an illustration of this. Children of Israel have been wandering in the desert for 40 years, right? Wandering, wandering, wandering. You might say, why didn't Moses stop and get directions? He was being directed by the Holy Spirit. 40 years wandering in the desert because they sinned. That generation was over with, so God brings them to the east side of the Jordan. Actually, land that really belongs to Israel. Brings them to the east side, but they haven't come in to occupy, and they're getting ready. 
What happened there? There's a funny story about a guy, a donkey, a flaming sword, and the donkey talking to the guy, right? You remember all that? We, we all get stuck with Balaam and his donkey because it's such a funny story. But do you realize what happened afterwards? Because Balaam was told not to go for the king of Moab. He was told not to do it. Don't, go, don't do this. But he finally gets God to say, okay, fine, go make your filthy money. Go ahead. And that's why the donkey had to speak to him because the Lord was going to have the angel strike him dead. Wanted to prove a point. You're not in obedience, dummy. And so he goes, and he's standing on the mountain. He can't curse Israel. He keeps blessing Israel, which the king of Moab is so furious about because he keeps blessing them. Finally, Balaam gives him the secret. If you go ahead and cause Israel to sin, Israel will stop. I mean, God will stop blessing his people. Oh, so what does the king of Moab do? He sends a bunch of Moabite women the best-looking ones, down into the camp. And the Israeli guys take a look at them and go, whoa, look how hot they are. And they start, anyway, they get together with the women, and um, not cool. All of a sudden, the blessing of God's not there, and, and, and the Moses and Aaron, and or, or Moses is wondering what's going on here, and Phineas, who is... Moses' uh, Moses's nephew, he realizes he's also a priest. He realizes what's going on. He, he, uh, he catches a Mo Moab woman with an Israeli guy in his tent, having you-know-what, having fun, and he grabs his, a spear, he runs into the tent, and he drives the spear through both of them. Boom! Sends a message to everybody. All the Moab women are kicked out of town and God's blessing comes back. But Phineas says, this is wrong. What are you doing? It's different if the Moabite women would have converted and become believers in God. Are they not Lot's descendants? But no, they were bringing their idols into the camp. They were causing them to sin in the camp. And Phineas said, enough is enough. This is not what we, we just got done wandering in the desert for 40 years. Are we going to have to do it again? What's wrong with you? So God says, I'm going to dwell with you. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to talk with you. I, we're going to get really close. And, but you need to, have to you got to come out from among them and not touch the unclean thing. That does not mean that we don't go because Jesus also told us to go and make disciples. Once they become disciples of Christ, we don't have to worry about the unclean thing, do we? But we need to go rescue them. We, sing a, we have sung a song from the hymn book, Rescue the Perishing, Care for the Dying. Jesus is merciful. Jesus will save. Now, just because of that reaction, somebody got all excited. I think I'm going to sing it. Nah, I don't think we're going to sing that one this week. It's a good song. And I will be a father to you, he says in verse 18, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. He's already telling us that we're going to be, his, once Jesus comes and dies on the cross and we believe in him, we're going to be his sons and daughters. Isn't that what? Do you understand what that means? In the Old Testament, they were just his people. We're the people of God. After the, in the New Testament, we became 
the children of God. What's better, just being a people or the child? Hmm. The people, well, we're just citizens, right? But being a child means we're joint heirs with Christ. That should get you all excited. I should have heard a bunch of amens there. Come on. You know, that's the new amen. <laughs> Whew. You know what? We just read this, right? God seems to be pretty clear here. He expects us to live like his children. All right, let's get to that last verse. So I'm going to ask you a question that got brought up last week, and we're going to finish. It turned out this has turned into a series. I didn't know this was going to be a series. It's just these messages have turned into a series this month. And next week, I'm just, I think I'm preaching the last one because I'm crucified with Christ. We're going to go to Galatians 2, 20 and 21. Good stuff. Because you know what? The closer we get to God, the more we get sanctified, the more we're going to live for him, the more we're going to be able to draw people to Christ. The more people we get saved, he will add to the church daily, what did he say? Those are being saved. That's the, that, that, mm. You, you've been what? I, I, I've been hearing it in your prayers. Lord, bring your people in. Bring them, bring them, bring them, bring them in. Bring them in, right? And, and, and we've been praying that way, and we're believing for God to do that. But how did he say he added to the church daily? Those who are being saved, and I told you the other day, we all need to become little evangelists. We just need to share who Jesus is with others. And, and, and really, and do it the easy way. Just share what Jesus has done for you. Who's Jesus in your life? Why is he important to you? My word, I can, I've heard you. some of you go on about the music you like. Oh, why are these nails that I just spent hours working on important to me? Look how pretty they are. See, that's why it's so important to me. They look so pretty. They make me look good. Yeah. And then I can do this. And, oh, I sparkle. I've heard you go. You can do the same thing with Jesus. Amen? You hear me go on about the bison on TV. Right? Not all of you are into football. But my word, if I can talk about the bison, I can talk about Jesus. Where is holiness right with you? Listen to what, this is the last verse I'm going to deal with. Verse, chapter 7 and verse 1 of 2 Corinthians. Since we have these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit. How do we cleanse ourselves? By following a bunch of rules and regulations? A bunch of do's and don'ts? Hmm. I mean, we, as Pentecostals, we were really good at doing that kind of stuff. You know, women don't cut your hair. Women don't wear pants. Right? Women don't show your ankles. Don't be wearing all that jewelry. Don't paint your nails or wear makeup. I mean, we got caught up in all that stuff. Pentecostals did. 
because we wanted to be close to Jesus. We, we did it. It's like Sister Doris said uh, once, she says, did it really hurt us? No. But, but, but that's not what holiness is about. That's just a whole mess. That's just trying to get saved by following the law. So how do we cleanse ourselves? Can we do it ourselves anyway? Do you have the power to cleanse yourself besides taking a bath or a shower? And, and, and I've known some people I wish I could have just said to them, please do. <laughs> but how do you cleanse yourself? You take it to the cross. Because who did all the work? Where do we get cleansed? By being washed in the blood. You just take it back. Areas that you've been struggling, just take it back to the cross. Jesus already carried it on the cross for you. He said it's finished. The reality is sometimes we don't realize it's finished. <laughs> Come on, right? Hello? Sometimes we don't realize it's been finished for us already and we're still hanging on to it. Now, I, I, I don't want to step on anybody's toes, but I knew somebody who was struggling getting rid of cigarettes. The reason why they were struggling is they didn't realize it was finished. And they were jealous of their friends who, as soon as they got saved, were freed from their addiction like that. It's because they just didn't realize that Jesus already carried it on the cross. Well, they knew that Jesus carried all their sins on the cross, but they didn't realize he said it was finished. And so it took them a while longer to believe and then got set free. And who am I talking about? Well, he's in heaven so I can talk about him burned. He tried to cleanse himself every which way in his own strength. He drove down the road one day, and I, I don't remember what bridge. He told me what bridge. He was driving across the bridge. He rolled down the window. This is back when you had to roll down the windows, and you, you got exercise doing it. And he took that pack of cigarettes, and he threw it out of the vehicle and into the river as he went. And he thought, oh, now I've done it. And as soon as he got to the next corner, there was a gas station. He pulled in there and he walked inside and bought a new pack. Why? Because he tried to do it in his own strength when Jesus already did and said it is finished. That's how, we get, that's how we cleanse ourselves. We go back to Jesus with it. We say, Lord, you have died for this thing already in my life. Cleanse me from it. He says that he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Amen. That even includes our addictions. You might be declared an alcoholic, but you don't have to stay an alcoholic in Jesus Christ because he can totally set you free. That doesn't mean you test the Lord by drinking. All right, I gotta wrap. <clears throat> I gotta wrap this up. <clears throat> and the rest of the verse says, "Bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God." That fear, yeah, we fear Him because He can send us to hell. But for the Christian, it's we have so much awe and respect of him, we don't want to mess up and hurt him. I was raised old school. I dreaded hearing the words from my mother, wait till your father gets home. That means we really pushed it. That meant mom, I mean dad, mom was going to go to dad and dad was going to get involved. We didn't want Dad involved. No, 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 we won't do it. It's too late. 
You should have thought of that before you disobey me again. We had fear of Dad. We didn't fear him. We loved him. But we had that respect of Dad. We didn't want to let him down. You see, Dads, that's why we're important in the household. Because the way we get our kids to respect us is how they'll respect the Heavenly Father. And this is where the sermon's been leading us, is to this verse. As believers, we have been promised so much. And folks, really, we're still a holiness church, are we not? A holiness church means a people who desire to be close to God. So let's follow and do what this verse and these verses we have looked at today tell us to do. Let us yield our lives to God. Let us, when we start making our decisions, we start making our decisions with eternity in view. It'll help us. It'll truly help us. To not make foolish decisions. It will also help us to be able to be that person that can affect somebody's life and help us to be countercultural. It'll give us a backbone to stand up for what we believe if we start deciding to do things with eternity in view. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you and praise you for this passage of Scripture that puts things in a little bit better perspective. Lord, as I said, the things that we, are, that we might be doing is completely innocent and we're not sinning, we're not doing wrong, we're, we're actually doing right but the optics might look bad. Lord, we shouldn't be living because of what others are saying about us, but Lord, we don't want to bring, we want to bring, in other words, Lord, we want to bring glory to your name. And just because it's lawful to us, Lord, doesn't mean we always have to do it. Help us with the decisions we make. Let us not be too proud to be humble. Because, Lord, we just want to bring glory to your name. Because, Lord, you mean too much for all of us. You died for us, and you live for us, and you live in us, and we live in you. And, and Lord, we just want to bring, we just want to lift you up, lift your name on high, Lord, so everyone can see you. So, Lord, we yield ourselves to you. We yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit. Lord, help us to be the temple of the Holy Spirit that you have called us to be. And we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. And we thank you for your strength. And we thank you, Lord, that we can do it through you. Because, Lord, 
We're just little mud people living on this planet. But Lord, because of you, we can do all things. We praise you in Jesus' name. Lord, touch us, I pray, right now. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. For you that have been watching at home, we're so glad you could join us today. We do love you. We care about you. We would love to have you drop us a line. I met one of you yesterday that I keep meeting people say, oh, I've seen you on Facebook or YouTube. Fun meeting those folks. But why don't you drop us a line? If you've got a prayer request, we want to pray for you. Every Wednesday we pray. And we want to be able to pray for your needs. So drop us a line. We'll pray for you. And I hope you've been praying for us. I hope this message has touched your life. Let me tell you something. You'll be surely blessed to come and worship with us and that we can pray together and fellowship with one another and care for one another together. Come join us sometime at New Life at 1021 South Center Street in Wapiton. We would love to have you come. We will see you next time. I'll see you in the morning for coffee break. God bless you. Now, before you move...